0: Hi, I'm your host, Jessica Peresta, and I'm so glad you're here. Whether you're at home, in your car, in the shower, or wherever else you're listening, grab your cup of coffee or whatever other beverage is nearby and listen in to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. Hey friends, welcome back to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. I am so excited to have you back today. And I'm also super excited to have a brand new guest episode that you will be hearing today. So, this episode is with Lori Burke, and we discuss her story as a songwriter and how you can help your students write songs with ease. I know it's tricky to help your students with songwriting. How do you do it? What's the best approach? But we talk about all of that in this episode. And she gives so many actionable steps, including choosing a topic, using music to write a story, changing up the words to a familiar melody and so much more. We also discuss the importance of music education and music teachers and how music can be used as a tool in students lives when they need it. Lori Burke is the business owner and entrepreneur at Lori Burke Music, LLC. She uses music and kinesthetics as a medium to achieve dreams. She's a Sesame Street alumni songwriter, a Division I javelin athlete, Hall of Famer for volleyball, and has been nationally recognized for her work by the Today Show, PBS, Huffington Post, Red Book, and YouTube viral video. She's been married for 20 years to her high school sweetheart and has two beautiful children who our teens, and they're also achieving their big dreams. So without further ado, let's dive in with Lori Burke. Lori, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank
1: you, Jessica. I'm so happy to be here. I was looking forward to this all
0: week. Yeah, so tell Tell everybody a little bit about you.
1: Okay, so I am Lori Burke. I'm from Northwest Pennsylvania, Um, originally born in Ohio, but I moved here when I was six. And I grew up in a really musical family. My mom and dad were always in the choir at church. And I grew up basically in the choir loft listening to um, their rehearsals and we um, were Catholic. So it was like a major deal. It was like the organ and the, oh my gosh, the grandiosity of the sound and just, it just infused into my DNA. So, um, so that baseline for me from age zero, um, it was huge. And then, you know, we kind of grew up listening to folk music, John Denver and Kenny Rogers, listening to eight chalk tapes in the car. Um, And we would, my mom is, is an alto. So she would always harmonize. And I was like, Ooh, I like that. And we're a family of five. I'm, I'm one of three girls. I'm the youngest. And just the, the whole, like the harmony and like, we all had good intonation because we grew up around music and it was just like always really fun to sing. Um, And they got me into piano lessons at age six. And then I took clarinet in middle school. I was in the drum line in high school. Then I picked up a guitar at 18. I took it to Penn State with me um, and, you know, did the whole kind of hippie college thing where I loved like Indigo Girls and um, Jewel. And I would just sit and play my guitar and then I would write songs. And then I, um, you know, the night my now husband proposed to me, uh, my gift to him that Christmas was a song that I wrote to him. And uh, it was just like music has always been part of my life. I just love it so much. It's just such a touch point for me. And um, yeah, so then from then, you know, I got married, music was still in my life, I was asked to be in a a old time string band. So we played tons of folk music, um, you know, kind of grungy b-side kind of Johnny Cash and Alison Krauss and all this good stuff and I'm still technically in the band even though it's COVID we haven't performed for over a year Mm -hmm. but that band we released two albums and I I wrote the title track of you know one of the uh, one of the albums and oh goodness so from there I had children about five years after my husband and I got married he was my high school sweetheart and we i had kids and i kind of fell in love with this this signing time videos for my daughter and was sort of into Rachel Coleman and the whole using sign language and music and just thought it was such a great way to teach kids language and I um, I studied kinesiology at Penn State so I was really into movement science and I was always an athlete and that helped me with my music because I was really coordinated and I was able to pick things up super quick so I just I don't know I just I've always loved Music and movement. So I got certified to teach actually health and physical education. That's what my teaching certification is in Pennsylvania. But from the time my kids were little, there was no live music for kids in our town. So, you know, the best way to make something happen is to just do it yourself. I'm like, why don't I just do it? I can play guitar, I can sing, I love kids, and I love feeling like I'm six years old all the time. So let's do this. So I I used to work at a coffee shop in town, and I ended up asking the owner, I'm like, can I sing for kids here? And she's like, of course. So I started off with, you know, five people would come, then 10 people, then 20, then 50, and it became this huge thing in our community. And I ended up moving locations to this big, giant barn in our town called Goodell Gardens. And um, I think my record crowd number was like 250 people. And it was just such a great way to connect with, with kids and families and communities. And I just, I, it totally lit me up, um, as, as an artist and a mom. And I met some of my best friends at those sing-alongs. Oh, so then from there I became a teacher because, uh, uh, one of the preschools in town was like, Hey, we hear you do these sing-alongs. Can you just show up and do exactly what you do with those for, for our school?" And I was like, and my kids went to that preschool. So just at the moment where I thought I'd finally get some alone time as a mom, sending them to preschool, I went to preschool with them. Mm. And it happened to be this preschool that I actually, when I was little, I wish I'd always gone to. So it was super kind of kismitty. It was like uh, all my friends used to go to this preschool. It's called Jack and Jill. And I was like, oh my gosh, not only am I, all my kids are going, I'm going I get to go and I get to be a big part of it. And I would put on two or three concerts a year and I was just kind of teaching in a sing-along format, but then I would add a lot more um, just movement to it. And I was just getting to be truly myself um, teaching. So it was great. And I loved it. And I did it for, I was just going to do it for the three years. My kids were in the school and I ended up staying 10 years. And right right before COVID, I said to myself, "Okay, I've put in you know my t- actually it was nine years, so I put in my almost a decade, and I just have to say goodbye." It was just it. I, okay, here's the thing about teaching. We all know this. <laughs> it's like a love hate relationship. I loved when I was in the moment. I loved um, after our concerts. I loved you know, I loved the kids. I loved the families. I loved my coworkers.
0: So let's start with, first of all, I am also one of three girls. Um, I'm the middle child though. And then I went to have three boys. So it's just kind of ironic. (laughs) And then we are both piano and clarinet players too. I don't know if you knew that about me, Um, but yeah. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about your Sesame Street story. So tell us a little bit more about that. (laughs) Like how did you get Uh, asked to write a song for Sesame Street? What was the whole process like? And then uh, I'm gonna ask you some questions about advice you have maybe for teachers wanting to write music, just to even like share with their students in the classroom. So just tell us about your Sesame Street journey. I want to hear more about that.
1: I mean, it's (laughs) like I told you earlier, it's like, it was like lightning in a bottle. Um, I think it really started as a kid having the dream to be on the show. I remember asking my mom, like, how do you get on the show? I want to sit on those brownstone steps. I want to talk to the Muppets get me on there. And she's just like, no, nah, you know, it's just, you know, I don't think that's going to happen, but you never, know. you know, but yeah. my mom was a big part of Sesame. She's the one that would turn it on for me. She would sit with me and and watch. And we just, it was just magical. It still is. It's just this whole, it's just the perfect. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's such a, it's, ugh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's yeah. just the most amazing show. So of course it started with the dream of even the worthiness of me and the, the dream wanting to, to even be a part of it, you know, Mm -hmm. and to know in my bones, actually, as a kid, I'm like, I am going to be a part of something big. And I think we all have that in us, you know, you know, you have the potential and then you're just, it's in the back. It was always subconsciously in the back of my mind to be part of something like that. Um, so when the opportunity came to me, of course it was a yes. And so I guess this is how, it's always someone you know, right? So yep. if that's the easy answer. Um, the details of it are that I took my daughter to kinder music as a, as a kid, as a three and four year old. One of the other parents in the class uh, happened to be an animator in my town and he works for the college. And it just long story short, he knew someone in the animation department that had worked for Sesame and he basically tagged the, the friend that I know uh, because he does stop motion as a specialty and it's a very kind of a rare niche way to do animation And then he tagged me because I was the only person in town that does music for kids that he knew. And he liked uh, my old time string band. And I had worked with him on, he had done a video for my old time string band using stop motion, which you can look for that on YouTube. It's it's called Indianate the Woodchuck. (laughs) It's an old timey song. (laughs) Anyway. He tagged me. He just out of the blue called me and basically said, do you want to help me write a song for Sesame Street? Of course, I was sitting on the beach in my town where I used to lifeguard and used to sit and daydream about doing something cool with my life. And that was the phone call and it changed everything for me.
0: That's
1: so cool. (sighs) It was awesome. So how to write us or how to bring that kind of songwriting into the classroom. Um, I wrote a few things down and this is like songwriting, songwriting advice. And some of yeah. it I learned from Kathy Heller in her course. And some of it I learned on the fly because mm-hmm. of course I had never written for a major television production in my life. Mm-hmm. I had, um, I had never worked with an animator ever to write uh, a storyboard. I learned everything just they. Threw me into the fire and I learned quickly. Um, First of all, the first time we pitched to them, they said no, Hmm. but they liked what we were doing and they said, please pitch again. So with Sesame, you can't cold pitch them. They have to invite you to do an RFP, which is called a request for pitch. They send you the RFP. It's a request for pitch. They gave us a list of, of letters of the day that they needed work on and we got to choose which one we wanted. The first time we pitched, we pitched, I think, three different letters, three different songs, three different ideas. And the second time around, they did come back to us. And I said, you know what? Brad was my cohort. I said, Brad, let's just pick one and go all in. we picked G is for games. I knew it aligned with me because as a health and phys ed teacher, uh, I loved games. And uh, I don't know, it just felt good to me. So we chose G is for games. So (laughs) with the way that Sesame does things, not only do they have the letter of the day, but they have a, um, a lesson that they want you to learn from They're not just writing about G just to write about the letter G. Yeah. So our task was to take the letter G and teach sportsmanship. Hmm. Um, so as a health and physical teacher and an ex-volleyball coach, I was like, I've totally got this. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, So yeah, so you're taking the letter G and you're taking the concept of sportsmanship and then they're like, okay, give us a song and make it awesome and animate it. So what we sat down with and did at first we storyboarded. So the first thing of a piece of advice I would say is tell a story. That is the best way. I mean, you think of country music, it's like three chords in the truth. It's, It's always a story um there's a beginning middle and end and in between there's the details and your chorus is your you know your chorus is mm-hmm. the is the main is the thing right so i would say first of all think of it come at it from a storytelling perspective um we actually did the storyboard and all the pictures before we even wrote a line of lyric and then the last thing we put to it was the music so it's tell the story show the story, right? It's like, show the story, tell the story, sing the story. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of that order. So the idea that sparked in my head, which I thought was really funny was what if we showed fish playing go fish as a kid, my favorite. Yeah. As a kid, my favorite game to play with. And then I thought, and take your, take your world and things you know about as your reference. So as a kid, I loved playing go fish. Okay, what would make that fun? Uh, I don't know. Fish playing go fish. Okay, good. They're playing a game. How are they? How are they going to learn sportsmanship with this? How? What's going to happen? So we started storyboarding. I said, well, obviously it's an under the sea feel, so let's go Calypso. So then we picked our genre to match the story. So I, I was like, okay, under the sea. I want it to feel super vibey with like marimba and ukulele and um, bongo drums and make it really fun. And to be honest, I went to my cal- my not my Calypso, my Casio keyboard that I've had since I was 10. I switched it over to whatever the, you know, whatever the genre is that there those yeah. presets. I played the Calypso. I threw in, you know, the basic one, four, five chords. Yeah. That was my base. Then I called the person I know best that is the best with the English English language, which is my sister, who was a uh, masters of English. And I said, "Do you want to help me with this? You're good with words." So it's it's asking for help when you need it, right? Mm-hmm. Too. So we picked the genre that was calypso. We picked um, the character lesson was already picked for us. Sportsmanship. We focused on the one-letter G. Then I said, "Okay, what can we do with this letter?" What can letter G become for for these? They, oh, and then I was like, oh, in a school of fish, of course, they're going to learn they're a school of fish. So they, we took the letter G, we put the letter G as the focus of each scene and they were playing with the letter G. So they, you know, the G became the table that they were playing go fish on the G became the basketball backboard that mm-hmm. they were shooting the hoops with. And, um, with the animation, one of the fish kind of stumbles and falls and another fish helps him back up. Aww, so the, Yeah. So the characters were acting out the sportsmanship and then the lyric, uh, the lyric was telling the story too. So Mm -hmm. you can go watch it. It's called GS for Games. It's on YouTube. If you just look that up, it's, it's really one of my proudest pieces of work. It just makes me so happy. Mm -hmm. So really the, the lyric and the song and the music, that was a lot of back and forth with the producers. They have a very, specific keen eye they are the best in the business so we had several rewrites 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 and that just goes with working with somebody who is brutally honest and really good at what they do yeah (laughs) another piece of advice is if you really want to make a really good song bring it to someone who is absolutely um i don't know what's the word picky because man did that sharpen our axe and you had to be oh and we had one minute to make all this happen. They're like, you have 60 seconds to make G's for games happen. Oh my gosh. So that was, it was pretty crazy. Cause then we had to keep condensing down to like, what is the most important thing? What's the most important image we're going to show? What are the most important words and the notes? And it all had to come together. It was like, Oh, it was crazy to yeah. think that, that you only have 60 seconds to make this happen. And it's, it was magic once it came together. Yeah. Oh, and I had to I had to hire a vocalist, which ended up being my husband's best friend's Mm -hmm. daughter and my son got to do the voiceover. So that part was really fun to be able to invite people from my world into the Sesame world. That just, Oh God, it was just such, like Mm -hmm. I said, it was lightning in a bottle Mm -hmm. really was, Mm -hmm. but as far as teaching goes, and if you want to, you know, write songs, and I would just say definitely focus on telling a story Pick a reference track that you already like and, you know, you can parody a song very easily. So many of the songs that we sing to our kids are parodies of other songs that have just, you know, the kids already know the melody of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. It's also the melody of the alphabet song. It's also the melody of Baba Black Sheep. It's like you don't have to reinvent the wheel every single time parody yeah. is one of my, one of my jams. I mean, it is one of my favorite things ever. So yeah, that's so almost fun. fails parody. There's a structure already in, in place for you. You just change the word to make Ooh, it work.
0: That's a good idea. Oh, mm-hmm. I love that. I was writing down a couple things I wanted, um, that I wanted to talk about with you because, mm-hmm. um, the first thing is, is, I've heard a lot of music teachers, especially, and you've probably heard this too, but especially when working with older elementary students, like fourth, fifth grade, maybe even, well, actually sixth graders too, those that teach sixth grade is they want to do more with their kids, but songwriting or Mm -hmm. composing or even improvising overwhelms them. And so Mm -hmm. I love what you said about pick, you said earlier, pick a topic, just pick something, maybe have a class discussion and maybe you're doing a class composition project where you're picking a topic together as a class or, and I know it's harder during COVID, but if you, you can even do this while teaching virtually, um, mm-hmm. you know, split the kids into small groups and say each group picks a topic. And then like, mm-hmm. they could even do it like a letter, you know, like yeah. pick the letter G, yeah. each of you pick a word that starts with G and we're going to compose around that. So the topic idea is great. And the other thing I thought of, you said, like you were writing G based on what you know, you're writing mm-hmm. a song about G based on what you know and about emotions and trying to get the kids involved. And so wh- a lot of elementary music teachers, SEL is huge right now, social emotional learning and mm-hmm. are being asked to teach, well talk about it, but also teach music around, you know, helping kids with their emotions and things. And yes. I've heard from a lot of teachers cause I know this is true cause I've looked and it's hard sometimes to find a lot of music around, you know, feelings and emotions and things like that. And so mm-hmm. Don't be intimidated, like Lori said, to write your own song for your students. Mm-hmm. Like when she sang songwriting, just it can be simple. Like you even said, parody. Pick a melody mm-hmm. all your kids know, you know, mm-hmm. like the latest popular song, and then write yep. some lyrics based on, I don't know, the emotion of anger. I don't know why that's the first one that came to mind. <laughs> 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 yeah. And maybe you're talking about that, like how to be a good friend. And so yeah. you're creating a song, even together with your students and then something that's going to be sticky and stick in their head. So yes. those are two things that came to mind when you were talking about songwriting that I think is, yeah, I mean, when you, yeah, when you were writing songs for your preschool students, you worked with, is that kind of how you did it? Like, did you write, When you were picking themes, did you write things that were kind of sticky and that would remember, that they would remember and be able to catch on to quickly?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, My Hello song is, um, it's based on Skip to My Lou. Mm. So, you know, oh, and here's a big one for the early elementary is if you can incorporate their names into the song, they will be all about it. So when I do my Hello song, it's, hello, how are you? Hello, how are you? You know, Mm -hmm. but then I say, it's nice to see Jessica's here. It's nice to see. You know, Susie's here. It's mm-hmm. nice to see. Everybody's here. How are you today? And then, and then at the end, you know, we say, okay, if you're feeling good, clap your hands. If you're feeling not so good, shake your hands. If you're, you know, how are we feeling? Let's get in tune. Let's everybody literally get in tune with each other and vibe off of the same. That's a beautiful thing about music, too. It gets everybody in the same heart space pretty quickly. Yeah, and you can see who's who in your class is not in that hard space, evidently, and who is, and who totally is, um, and yeah, and when you were talking about the um, social emotional, Sesame Street, that is their initiative. That mm. that is that was our page one of the info they gave us. They they are focused on the social and emotional aspect of everything they teach. That is. in alignment with what they want, um, what they're conveying. It's not just, it's not just entertainment for the sake of entertainment. It's always had an educational component. Mm -hmm. Always. That's the heart of Sesame Street. Mm -hmm. It's helping kids grow up uh, smarter, stronger, and kinder. And that's, yeah, so that's it. And if you Mm -hmm. could teach that to kids, and if they can write the song, and if they Mm -hmm. can base it off of a song they already love, I mean, imagine how it'll get to them, you know, it'll get through and into them and be part of them. And they're going to
0: be so proud of themselves. That was great advice. Um, seriously, so true. And so don't overwhelm yourself and just start somewhere and it's okay. Like it's okay to be real. Yeah. 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 That's great advice. Yeah. Parody is like my jam. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm always (laughs) singing songs around my house for the kids. They, they really enjoy it and throw their name into it. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, like, I make dog. up a song about everything. I'm cooking dinner. Uh-huh. And they're like, mom, stop.
1: <laughs> oh, oh yeah. And when, when I start singing Hamilton, my, well, okay. When Hamilton had just come out, you know, whenever years yeah. ago, when we were so into it, when my son was in third and fourth grade, we listened to it religiously. And so now it's just part of who I am now. Yeah. And Anytime we're in the car or something, and a phrase comes to me like, "Oh, got it." What's What's an example? Um, You know, like "You'll be back" or whatever. And then I just start singing "Like Before," and then my kids are (laughs) like, "Mom, stop!" But it's just part of. It'll become part of your language. It'll be part of who you are. And um, and just kids, and especially at that age when their brains are so impressionable, Mm -hmm. to put those good those good grooves into their you know, their synapse or their what am I saying? I don't I know, know. What you mean the, the brain cognitive yeah. all that good the brain stuff. stuff. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's like giving them tools mm-hmm. they can always go back to and just feel good about and um, you know, the dopamine yeah. and all that all that oh, good yeah. neurological stuff that happens. Yeah.
0: When okay, so with instruments one thing, as we know, and we hopefully it'll be over soon, but who knows at this point? COVID is yeah. still around, and so <sighs> yeah. when it comes to using okay, so when you're in a classroom environment, it is easy to pass out instruments and to actively engage in music with the kiddos. Yeah. But when you're teaching from a screen, how do you suggest, first of all, if Kiddos have instruments readily available at home to use. How can they use those from a screen with their teacher? Like, do you have any advice around how to teach over a screen and have kiddos using their instruments with their teacher?
1: Yeah. So I did like a a series of sing-along classes and I also did a series of ukulele classes. So I can tell you when I did the sing-along classes, those were on Facebook live. So Mm -hmm. I didn't hear anybody else. Mm -hmm. so the mute button is your friend as I'm sure a lot of the teachers uh music teachers out there know mute button is your friend um for that and so I was just assuming that everyone you know was playing along I did do some uh zoom classes where the where I could see and hear everyone yeah so that I wonder if I muted them for those I think I did We did some make your own instruments. I think that was one part of it. We did egg shakers with dry pasta and beans and uh, Easter eggs. Um, Scarves are nice because they're quiet and you can still use them in song. That's a nice thing to do. Um, You know, oatmeal container drums are always good. Wooden spoons from your, you know, from your utensil drawer. Those are good for drumsticks, um, and then obviously, like, using your hands to clap and things like that. Those are always good. Mm-hmm. Um, with my ukulele class, it that was pretty difficult, especially just getting them in tune. Half of the class, I'm like, can you please bring them to, the, to class in yeah. tune? But these were beginner ukulele players. They didn't know, and their parents mm-hmm. weren't. Um, necessarily musicians so they didn't know and I I actually had one of my students I said I will wear a mask and gloves bring your uke to my house and I will Mm -hmm. tune it for you and give it back to you so that I I know that's a frustration point for I'm sure a lot of music teachers that need that are especially teaching stringed instruments or things that need to be in tone Um, that is such a challenge and I, I honestly don't necessarily have the answer for that I just think Mm -hmm. you know tuners are your friend clip on tuners and tuning apps are your friend and um, if the kids aren't in tune at the start of a class man you got to just hit the mute button and Mm -hmm. hope for the best Mm -hmm. and um, hope that they can practice on their own with that I I don't know what else to how
0: else to fix that problem yeah so just yeah, you can unmute yeah. them one at a time and hear them individually too. So, if it's too yeah. chaotic to have them all play together, like you said, it's different than when you're in an in person environment, like especially yeah. with those. You know, it's different yeah. if it's just like everybody get out your rhythm sticks versus, which that can still be chaotic too. But, yeah, <laughs> but a melodic yeah. instrument is totally different.
1: Yeah. And I would say one of the benefits of COVID is that you're teaching virtually, then you do have the mute button. Mm -hmm. I found that as a, as a teacher, it was like a breath of fresh air to just hear myself and hear myself think Mm -hmm. in a, in a classroom of a quote unquote classroom of students where I could just be like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) boom, like I just need to hear myself and yay. So, um, that is, I think that's actually a benefit, um, of, of teaching online for Mm -hmm. sure. Do you have any
0: tips or tricks for keeping the kids actively engaged, whether you're using instruments or not while teaching from a screen?
1: I would say, give them opportunities to shine during the lesson. So, you know, the hand raised thing, okay, show us what you're, you know, everybody tap out a rhythm. Okay. Now we're going to follow you know Johnny okay give us a rhythm everybody else is muted but Johnny's going to play his rhythm you mm-hmm. know da, da 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 whatever ta ta ti ti ta, ta, ta and then yeah. everybody has to play so give each kid a chance to shine and they won't know who you're going to call on next so they're all paying attention so that they're you know ready to be the next person that you call on and i mean using the chat button i think helps too so you know type if for the older kids type in um I don't know. Just mm-hmm. you know, fill in the blank, or having them engage in typing in the chat, and just making sure you're calling out names that are saying, "Oh yeah, so." Yeah, Jimmy says, you know, his favorite instrument is, you know, the snare drum or whatever as, as the chat's going to just mm-hmm. keep them engaged by using their names, by letting each kid shine and keeping things going. Yeah. Just keeping it moving. Just like I did in my preschool classes, man. You cannot let the dead air take over because mm. the strongest willed child will work their way into what's happening. And as we all know, that's kind of hard to to reel back in. Yeah. Or sometimes those are the kids you do let shine because they need to. And music is very performance-based. And why not? You know, you might have mm-hmm. an all-star in your class that just literally wants the attention. Some kids don't want the attention. They're glad for that kid who is acting out because they want to sit back and see and just be, you know, it, kind of in the background. And I mean, yeah, if you have a kid that's got high energy maybe you can use the energy for the class and let them shine a little, you know, unless they're being outwardly like a discipline problem. Mm-hmm. Again, the mute button is your friend, <laughs> yeah. but sometimes letting that kid get up. I know in my preschool classes, if there was a kid that was just totally out of sorts, um, I would give them the opportunity to be a leader because sometimes those kids are the leaders. They're just, they just mm-hmm. don't know where to put that energy. Yeah. Um, But if it was out of control, you know, you got to shut it down sometimes too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, and a lot of times too, sometimes the kids who I hate when they're pre-labeled as, Mm. oh, you know, like a teacher in the hallway in a typical school year would be like, oh, this particular child, watch out for them, or you need to keep an eye on them or this. I wouldn't have any issues with that particular child. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, what? Because they, they are, they, they a lot of these kiddos respond differently in music than they will in other subject areas. Cause they feel more I confident where they I find know. themselves in there and they're like, Oh, I, I feel like I can do this and I enjoy mm-hmm. it. And Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I I love that. Some of the kids that come across as like rowdy or disobedient, sometimes they just are loving it and have so much energy for it because they're excited to be there. And
1: they're working, they're working, sorry, I interrupted, but they're working through emotions. Music is such a perfect a medium for mm-hmm. that. Okay. So, so-and-so is having a bad day. Let's listen to some rock and roll mm-hmm. and bang our heads and get it out of our system. Yes. And then we can do a quiet meditation. <laughs> yeah. Right. Some of the kids loved when I would just say, okay, we're going to lay on our backs and we're just going to listen to some spa music for <laughs> one minute and we're all just going to breathe. And sometimes that's all they need. Yeah. And and sometimes simplicity is the best answer.
0: Yeah
1: you know, and, and I know we're in our society, we're just trained to be performers, but we don't have to be performers. Like you were saying, sometimes Mm -hmm. you just sit at the piano and play. I do Mm -hmm. the same thing. I play when nobody's around and it's just as good, if not better because no one's listening. So my mistakes don't matter. And I, it's just, it's like meditating. It's wonderful. And that's what we want to pass on to kids that you can Mm -hmm. use music as a tool in your life when you need it and it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be performance based and you don't have to be perfect at it yes. and you don't need to go on American Idol and the voice yeah. just because you're a good singer. Yeah. No. You can sing for yourself in the shower mm-hmm. and you know it's use your voice the way you want to yeah. use it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's all about developing lifelong lovers of music. It's okay yeah. if they don't end up getting a music degree or want to do yeah. music as a career, but it's developing that love of music in developing their own style of music and finding what kind of music they like to listen to and how they Mm -hmm. like to enjoy music. And that's, that's so important to remember. Um, Mm -hmm. when you have those days where you feel like none of the kids are paying attention, you do, they're paying attention more than you think they are. It's just, it's hard to see sometimes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah Yeah. And kids in in music can be so many things. It can be funny and Mm -hmm. kids can laugh and release, you know, it's hard to be a kid it's really hard to be a kid. We oh, think yeah. it's so easy, but it's so not easy. I said to my daughter today, like, gosh, I remember being a teenager. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're, and I tell my kids, I'm like, your brains aren't even fully formed mm-hmm. yet. You, you can't think straight. And you're so influenced mm-hmm. by your friends and the media and your parents mm-hmm. and everyone's telling you what to do and how to be. And nobody lets you just be.
0: I know. I know. It's,
1: So hard and kids, you know, they, there, there's a lot going on in kids in kids brains and music is just such an outlet and Mm -hmm. that's what it should be.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, so great. So great. I love that you said that. Mm -hmm. So for kids at home that don't have access to instruments right now, Um, Mm -hmm. even during a non COVID time and just want to explore music on their own at home, but maybe their families Mm -hmm. can't afford to put them in lessons or instruments. Mm -hmm. What are simple ways they can even make their own instruments at home? Just, do you have some ideas for that?
1: Um, beyond the, the egg shaker and that kind of thing. I think if kids have access to a phone or, you know, their mom or dad's phone or, okay, I'll tell you what I did when I was little, when I was, In my room, all alone, or sent to my room, or just wanting to be alone. Remember tape recorders? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And remember, you know, the book, the stories on tape, and then you could turn the cassette over and record your own story. Remember those? Yes. So I would sit in my room for hours. I would play a record of instrumental music and I would make up words to the song. I would just Mm -hmm. make up whatever I wanted to sing about. And I would highly encourage kids to use the voice recorder app on their phone. It comes standard with every single phone and just have fun Mm -hmm. and just play around. I mean, some of them might end up just, you know, talking and that's okay. You know, Mm -hmm. language has rhythm to it too. You might want to read a story into the voice recorder and play it for your little cousin or something and send it to them. To listen to before they go to bed. You might want to do what I did and, you know, make up your own song to another recording. You might want to sing a song that's on the radio and, and just hear what you sound like because it's different when you listen back to a recording versus talking and hearing yourself talk or sing. It is different mm-hmm. and that's kind of a skill to get used to. So I would say use the resources you have around you and technology is so amazing these days um for your older students garage band is really fun to play around with yeah for sure that's what got me into doing recording you know sync songwriting and that's Mm -hmm. um, geez that's a whole new avenue yeah to explore and have fun with um like rap music like Mm -hmm. that's always fun too to just get a bunch of words condensed and Mm -hmm. And just get them to a rhythm and have fun with that. I know that's where my middle schoolers are. Um, when they were experimenting with writing music, they would get on GarageBand and like pick a beat because there's so many pre pre-style yeah. beats. Yeah. Pick a beat and play it and then just freestyle, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just like when you go to a playground, you just play, you know? Yeah. Have fun. Don't. It doesn't have to lead to anything. It doesn't have to... it doesn't have to always be a performance. It just, just Mm -hmm. play to have fun, you know? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, For, for at home instruments. I mean, my kids are lucky because I have every instrument hanging on our (laughs) wall. (laughs) So my son picked up my pink ukulele over Christmas and taught himself how to play. um, What was it? Silent Night. Oh, that's so awesome. He did come to me to work out a couple of the kink parts. Mm-hmm. but he did it on his own only so be cool. in and and I've never taught him a music lesson in my life. I've always been in the the um the camp of I want my kids to want to. Mm-hmm. I will not force them I'm even the though same. I'm great. I'm grateful yeah. to my parents for forcing me to take piano. It didn't kick in for me that I actually liked it until I was like a teenager and I started yeah. at age 6. Yeah. Totally <laughs> didn't love it. Totally didn't love it. But now I'm so grateful. But I'm trying a new approach where I want them to want to play, and I have the instruments if they do decide to play. So I mean, this is another reason I got into selling instruments. I mm-hmm. want every household to at least have a ukulele mm-hmm. at the very least, get a ukulele, have it in your house so that someday, when you pick it up and you start playing around with the you know the open strings, even, not mm-hmm. even knowing how to play a chord. Yeah, you can have something in your hand that's not a digital device and it's analog and if the power goes out, you can still make music. Yeah. And you can have fun with it and there's 10 billion um, YouTube videos on how to play a, a ukulele. I just think it's the most accessible instrument. It's not intimidating like a piano. Mm-hmm. You don't have to know like a woodwind is is a whole different thing. Um guitars are pretty intimidating they're they're big the strings are metal it it hurts to play at the Mm -hmm. beginning a ukulele oh my gosh they're like cute little nylon strings and you can hold it and it's so light and you can throw it in a suitcase if you want to and take it with you on vacation and so that's that's my recommendation is of course buy a ukulele from my shop but that was one of my big goals I'm like I can't get to people Mm -hmm. to play music for them I want to get music to their houses Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So at least and that's why I started with ukuleles because it's so accessible. Yeah. It's just I love I just think they're just so cute and so yeah. perfect. So Yeah. I'd say invest in a ukulele. And
0: for teachers that have families at home who can't afford instruments, I worked in a very low-income school and my families they you know didn't have not all of them I can't label every family, but there was there were families that didn't have access to instruments and yeah. um but what I would say to that and I know you agree with this is that kids have voices. They can always mm-hmm. sing, they can always do body percussion and mm-hmm. my own children will find um household items and create music out of them I'll be like what do mm-hmm. you have like there was empty paper towel rolls one day and one of them was playing them together like sticks or using the yeah. table as a drum and so oh yeah Pinterest has nine million ideas for how to make an instrument so just look there if you want ideas for your kiddos like easy yeah. things, like you said the shaker and things but um mm-hmm. investing if you can in an instrument definitely ukulele yeah. I agree is like a very yeah. inexpensive way to start but also just leave opportunities that, and tell your students like grab a pair of spoons from the kitchen drawer if it's okay with your mom. Um, today yeah. we're going to use you know I don't know a plastic bowl and we're going to turn it over and use it as a drum or a bucket and so just yeah. finding household items even if you don't have time to make instruments with your students to definitely mm-hmm. find items around the house or just tell them to use their own bodies and voices like, mm-hmm. and like yeah. you said I love what you said about even using a phone because yeah. let's be honest a lot of kids have phones now or their parents do Um, or tablets or whatever Mm -hmm. I've never heard anybody just say to do like I don't know it's like the simplest ideas where you're like oh yeah (laughs) like like that's so easy they can even read a story create like a little track behind the story and read the story to a rhythm like it's just simple ideas like that yeah
1: yeah yeah that's how I started as a kid with the tape recorder it was just Mm -hmm. fun and just Um, Yeah, the tape recorder is huge. And bonus, you get a record uh, to go back to, to hear their cute little voices. Mm -hmm. And, you know, actually, and too, as a parent, oh my gosh, our job is to document those cute moments, right? So if your child happens to be like singing a little song in their room, like sneak over with your recorder and don't be seen, yeah. but hit record and get that because, oh my gosh, is this that yeah. so precious. Now, here's the thing. You don't want to scare kids away. <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's mm-hmm. something, especially when they start realizing that um, their peers care. Uh, I think as, you know, the middle school age kids, especially, they're very aware of judgment. Nobody really wants to stand out unless they have like confidence in spades. That's very rare, mm-hmm. but letting them do things like that on their own, like, hey, I don't, you know, you can't even direct them to do it. It's almost like they have to come up with it on their own, or you do it lead by example or something, mm-hmm. but you want them to have that outlet that they keep to themselves. So they don't have to share with anybody. You know, yeah. when I was little, those, those recordings were really just for me. And when I showed them to my family, they loved them, but they thought they were hysterical. They were parody songs and they were mm-hmm. hysterical, mm-hmm. but then I was like embarrassed, you know, so mm-hmm. I, it's it's hard because you want to be yourself, but you don't want to be ridiculed yeah, makes for it. And I think people have best intentions. They, you know, they're laughing because they, they love you and they, they really think it's funny. And it, I don't know, it might be, but that's a tricky age, very tricky, very mm-hmm. tricky, but still yeah. kids need to express themselves in a mm-hmm. safe space. Mm-hmm. So your mm-hmm. phone is a very
0: safe space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so just encouraging students, like maybe you are going to have those kids who aren't comfortable like sharing or singing or participating in a class environment especially virtually it's so Mm -hmm. hard you know like Mm. they're just they're struggling just to show their face at all in a zoom call they're like so don't be offended if like a student's not wanting to participate maybe it's just because like you said they are embarrassed or they are creating music maybe they get off that zoom call and they go do everything you just told them to do but privately and you maybe just don't know you know there's a lot of kids I know that um, are like
1: that Yeah. When I, another thing, I don't know if a lot of teachers do this, but when I was teaching my online ukulele classes, um, as like our final project, I said, choose one of the songs we worked on if you want to, and Mm -hmm. it wasn't graded or anything, record yourself or have someone record you and you're just going to send it to me. I'm the only one that's going to look at it. Um, and you know, these were like five to nine year olds. Mm -hmm. So their parents were filming them. So the parents did get the video. So they like had the video for their, purposes but for me I was like I don't want you to have to share in front of the whole group unless you want to so you're just sending it to me the teacher and that's where it'll stop you know so wow. that might be a safe way for them to share mm-hmm. um, but it's important too when you're creating something you do kind of need an audience if you're mm-hmm. if you're creating it to share yeah I don't know that's it's tricky I have a ton of songs on my phone that I've never shared with the public at all and they're really good songs yeah and I just keep them to myself yeah (laughs) I don't know if that and like if it here's the thing too I have a stockpile so that if someone in my life if I'm like oh so-and-so is going through a hard time and I made that song and sounds really good. So I'm just going to send that to them and that's mm-hmm. going to be my gift to them, but it doesn't need to go out to the internet. It doesn't need to go on Facebook. I don't need to record it. I don't need to make an album with it. It's just like a special gift that I yeah. have. And I'm just going to share it with yeah. one person. Mm-hmm. So, uh, music can be a, a beautiful, beautiful gift that we give mm-hmm. to So.
0: Lori, I have loved this conversation today, and so I would love for you to just give any closing thoughts or advice you have to music teachers, and then tell us all the places we can connect with you online, and where your shop is, and all those good things. All right,
1: so I I wrote down a lot. You might <laughs> have to make this into two up. No, and I'll put everything
0: in the show notes, so no worries.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, good. Okay, so I, um this is for mostly, you know, this is for the teachers, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, the first thing I thought of when I was brainstorming this is if you're having a really hard day teaching, get quiet and remember why you chose music. Hmm. That I just think is so important to keep coming back to your why. And I think that if you get really quiet, the answer will come to you. And, um, it'll put you back into your purpose of why you teach. Um, and then how do you want to feel? And then, you know, usually music, it does make you feel better. So what is that actual feeling? Do you want to feel free? Do you want to feel lighter? Do you want to feel energized? Do you want to feel, you know, think of all the ways you want music to make you feel and try to get into that that flow and that'll put you back into that mindset of why we do music and then you feel the feeling and then from there you can really be a better teacher so make sure you take time to again get quiet give yourself that space to just breathe and um and just be still so that you can refuel yourself to get back to the music um try to stay in alignment, be authentic with who you are, give yourself tons of grace. This is a whole new wild west of the internet and pandemic world. And gosh, it's hard right now for especially for teachers. I'm on a music teacher um, Facebook group, even though I don't technically teach anymore. I just want to see what's going on every post is frustration. Every Mm -hmm. post is I can't do this. Every post is I want to be home with my newborn, but now I have to go teach and I'm pumping in between classes. And my heart is just breaking for these teachers right now. So it's super important to find your tribe and connect with groups like that. There are tons of Facebook groups right now. You have Mm -hmm. a Facebook group, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a Facebook group. It's a sing-along parenting group where I'm just basically giving more music um, out if you need it, but just finding a tribe, connecting with like-minded souls and teachers, obviously, to just feel like you're not alone Mm -hmm. in how you're feeling as a teacher. And then if you, if you really truly want to make the leap, I would say start a side hustle with something that you um, feel good about, that you're good at, and take one of your superpowers and start dabbling over there. Mm -hmm. That's what I did with, um, you know, sing-alongs and I had a nice side hustle, not only teaching, but then I was doing sing-alongs at libraries and now I can do, and I can do sing-alongs online and, yeah. um, come into somebody else's page and and do a show for them or whatever.
0: So where can everybody find you online? Okay. So online,
1: I am at Lori underscore Burke underscore music on Instagram or just Lori Burke music L O R I B U R K E. Music on Facebook too. And if you want to shop in my shop, I, it's a curated bunch of instruments that light me up and that are really focused on elementary, uh, early elementary music teachers and mm-hmm. beginners. So if that's laurieburkmusicshop.com. Really easy to remember. And I just started adding, so I have ukuleles, guitars, drums, shakers, tuners, wall mounts, all that good stuff, but I just added jewelry. And I have lyrics from my original songs on the jewelry. So I'm actually wearing one right now. Oh, that's so cool. I've got got a copper bracelet with my um, my lyric, You Are Loved, which is my children's lullaby album. Um, I've got um, Hold On, which is my folk album uh, title. And then I've got another one, uh, To Feel Alive, which is a... um, just a reminder to do what you love to feel alive. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, they, they can join the sing along parenting group. It's just called Sing Along Parenting Group on Facebook. Um, and if you go to my link tree in my Facebook and Instagram or on Instagram, you're gonna find all my stuff. My Shopify mm-hmm. shop is on there. My Etsy shop is there. My work with Sesame Street is there. The link to the Sesame videos there. The link to my All About the Bass parody is there. So. All my, my, my hits are, are on my link tree um, on Instagram. And if you want to buy instruments with me as a teacher to supply your classroom, I would be super happy to do that with you. I can drop ship large orders. It's like 15 bucks, no matter how many instruments you buy from me. If you want to get on my teaching uh, list uh, of teachers, you, go, you can take a survey in my link tree. I can send you the link to put in the show notes, but it's basically mm-hmm. just a survey saying, where do you live? What's your budget? How many instruments do you need? And what do you need? And then we and then I can email you and say, All right, let's let's get this order going. Cause my goal really with the shop is to do large orders for schools. Mm-hmm. So I would love to get you recorders and ukes and drums and shakers and all that good stuff.
0: Yeah. All okay. the links and stuff will be there. And yeah. And I'll include all that in the show notes as well. So perfect. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And- So everybody make sure you connect with Lori and check out all the great things she's doing and check out her shop. And um, I know that I just really appreciate this episode and thank you for coming on and sharing your knowledge and all your advice. And it's been really a breath of fresh air. So I appreciate it. Well, hey there. Thank you so much for listening into the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. There is an exclusive Facebook group just for listeners of this podcast and any elementary music teacher call the elementary music teacher community Facebook group. Come on over and join us there where we have conversations around the podcast episodes and encourage each other each and every week. And also head to my website, thedomesticmusician.com I have some free resources there that you can download to help you gain traction in your classroom today as well as the blog and the membership site and all kinds of other goodies to help you keep going in your music teaching journey. I cannot wait to keep connecting with you and encourage Encouraging you and spurring you on in your journey of teaching elementary music hang in there have an amazing week and I will see you soon